Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Today's podcast is honor of the people in Florida who are now suffering through the remains of the hurricane and obviously all of our friends and family members down in the Caribbean, specifically in Puerto Rico. Now, why is this information very relevant to you, even if you live like where Julie and I are from Ohio in the Midwest, where you don't have those extreme weather events? Well, it's because you still have blizzards and you have snowstorms and you have other forms of disaster that can happen as well, like big power outages and things like that. How about if you're out in the, you know, somewhere in the Midwest or the Plains? There's all kinds of things that can happen unexpectedly, it seems, big power outages. There's earthquakes now that are happening in places of the world where there weren't earthquakes happening before. It's just normal, natural stuff. Well, remember when Texas was frozen, what was it, uh, last year? That was kind of a surprise. We've got tornadoes, you've got droughts, you've got floods. So there's lots of versions of natural disasters. Some of them you see coming in, some of them you don't. So what do you do as a real estate professional? We're going to talk about some points to take care of yourself and then how to help your uh, centers of influence, your past clients. You know, Brad in Orlando, one of our great coaching clients, spent all day yesterday knowing that everybody was home waiting for the hurricane to hit while the phones were still working, checking on his past clients, his centers of influence, his friends, his neighbors, everybody, you know, in his own neighborhood. So we'll talk about things like that as well as putting your own oxygen mask on first. Actually, we're not, we'll spend most of our time because these are going to be pretty quick points because they should be mostly self-evident. The, the focus on this podcast is giving you a checklist of the things that you can be doing to be of service to other people. So we're going to assume that you put your own mask on first. We're going to assume that you, if you're in a market where it's relevant, you have a, uh, own, your own source of power like we have to in Puerto Rico where this massive diesel generator. We're going to assume you maybe have a backup source of water, which guess what? We also need one of those in Puerto Rico. Cistern. A cistern. Well, actually, they, don't call them, they call them water storage tanks in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cistern's a Midwestern term, That's right? True. But the reality of it is, is we're going to assume that you've done some level of preparedness to protect yourself and your family if relevant. Now, what we're now going to focus on is helping you to then help other people that weren't as smart as you in preparing so that you then can elevate your actual reputation. Some will call it your brand, but it's really your reputation in the community. We have known people, and we're going to give examples of this, agents who have actually followed these points. And, you know, maybe there was a fire that happened in Florida, or I'm sorry, in California, or some other, you know, disaster that happened. And guess what? They were able to, because they followed these points, they were able to elevate their brand, like I said, or their reputation in the community to the point when the market returned to normal, they had all of a sudden become the number one agent in the marketplace because of the fact that they just didn't hide out. They were actually there to help out. And that's what we want your mindset to be focused on because disasters, oddly enough, create an unbelievable opportunity for new leaders and for leadership. And that's when people need leaders the most. And if you want to you know, how do I position myself in the community? How do I want people to really see me? You know, what's my brand? Maybe these are thoughts that you have. Well, here's a great place to start. You're someone that actually gave a damn, not just through your words, but through your actions when people needed you most. And remember guys, you can join Premier Coaching now for free. You can join Premier Coaching absolutely 100% for free. And yes, that does include a daily semi-private coaching call with one of our Harris certified coaches. Simply text the word Premier 
to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. You should go out and do that now. Look to see all of the content that you get for free as soon as you join Premier Coaching. So just text the word Premier to 47372. Many of you are looking for direction in your business and frankly, your personal lives as well. Well, guess what? Premier Coaching is going to be that direction that you need. So text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. By the way, when you uh, text uh, Premier to 47372 or you just go directly to the website, you're going to read about all the intricate, all the detailed, all the plans, all the scripts, all the everything that's included there. It's all listed off on the website that you guys are going to see when you text Premier to 47372. And also, there's lots of uh, testimonials, things like that. People just like you who have went ahead and joined Premier Coaching. So do that now. Remember when texting, message, and data rates may apply. So let's jump right in. Whether it's a hurricane, tornado, forest fire, earthquake, alien invasion, I threw that one in. <laughs> Could be. Right? You never know. What, what do you do? So how to help uh, you know hurricane vis- uh, victims obviously starting out with Florida and the Caribbean because it's most relevant. Just go to, and you guys can find this information, go to volunteerflorida.org, volunteerflorida.org. We're including this information in the show notes. You guys can just scroll down whether you're on YouTube or on iTunes or Stitcher or whatnot and just click that link. If you want to volunteer, that is a great place to start. The nonprofit is asking for donations by uh, making a gift to the American Red Cross uh, Disaster Relief Fund. And obviously, you can also go to redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS or text the word Red Cross. Hey, they stole our idea. Mm-hmm. Or text the word Red Cross to 90999 to make a $10 uh, donation. Now, I'll suggest this as well. What we're going to do is we're going to get into some points that are going to be relevant to how you can actually directly with your own hands help people in your community. You don't just have to hide behind your computer screen and donate money to this or the other thing, though those are certainly worthy causes. Another one Julie and I are big advocates of, always have been, is the Humane Society. So you can obviously reach out to ASPCA.org or the HumaneSociety.org um, and help any of the wayward pets. And this is something that's fascinating that happens in Puerto Rico. Julie, just briefly tell them about like how they are organized to shuttle out of the out of Puerto Rico, and they've been doing this since Maria. Dogs, cats, all kinds yes, of things. Actually, I read about a flight that's happening this morning. We'll tell them. And it's uh, Pilots for Pups program. Their logo is Let the Fur Fly. <laughs> and so what they do is they go to, in the case of this morning, they went to some shelters that had been, uh, you know, basically destroyed by Hurricane Fiona. Nobody's going to adopt those pets. You know, they put them on a plane. They fly them. Today they're going to New Jersey, and when they land... The cats and dogs already have adoptive families waiting for them literally on the tarmac. They do these flights all the time. So there's lots of different really great organizations for pets, you know, wayward pets, stray pets, et cetera. So don't forget about them in the uh, different disasters that we're dealing with as well. It's also worth mentioning there was a, I remember the story we share with this, share this with you guys on podcasts occasionally. Julie had a great coaching, coaching client. This was years ago. Super introvert, very sweet gal, but absolutely positively did not see herself as a salesperson. But one of the things that Julie had her do is she, there was a local humane society that actually had a storefront. Um, and it was a private one and it was a no kill type shelter and she would show up there every day. She even did this before she got into real estate, if I remember correctly, yep. she'd been doing it for years mm-hmm. and, uh, she would go and walk the dogs there that, you know, in, it was a beach community. So she'd walk the dogs on the beach and she just did this as part of her routine. And Julie had the idea. And one of the things the dogs had to have on is this little fluorescent vest. 
So Julie thought, well, okay, this is a lady that obviously has her heart in the right place. She loves walking dogs. She's going to run into other people that, you know, want to uh, obviously participate in, uh, you know, dog rescue and whatnot. So, well, so we had her, uh, the dogs had to have a vest that said, adopt me in a bright color, which made other people come up to her and ask her what's going on with these dogs. Kind of an icebreaker, right? And then that would lead to the conversation, kind of a Ford-like conversation, where they'd say, well, surely you don't do this for a living, right? You're volunteering. What do you do for a living, right? Occupation. Then she talked about real estate. Then that opened the door for her to ask, who do you know who I should be helping with real estate? And you know what? Within 90 days, she had eight pendings. But you also had her wear, didn't you have her wear a t-shirt or a vest herself? I think hers said adopt me as well, something that got people talking. Yeah. And she ended up turning this into a daily thing. She spent two or three hours a day. She went to multiple non-kill shelters where the, uh, mostly dogs, you know, they needed to be walked. And so this was, she was prospecting. Now, she would not say that she was prospecting. In fact, one of the first things she said to me was, I'm not a prospector. So we just kind of turned it around and had other people talk to her and make the conversation turn around to real estate. Well, but the point was she did it consistently. Very consistently. And, you know, she was being of service to those shelters, but she also created a lot of real estate transactions because she wasn't just walking on the beach. She was also walking in some beach communities, some neighborhoods. This was part of her routine and, you know, a nice byproduct. She also got in really good shape as a result. So. She, she was doing it during the times of day when there weren't tourists there during work yes. days. And shoot, who's on the beach or who's, you know, walking around outside, just the neighbors. Do you remember what community that was in? It was in California, wasn't it? It was in Central it? California. I think she was in Monterey County. Okay. All right. So let's so. stay focused. Next, yes. first point. First official point, yes. when disaster strikes, stay calm and committed to being of service. Be the leader in your community. This must be your mindset when disaster strikes. In other words, don't wait for someone to save your bacon. You go out and save other people's bacons. And here's a, for example, there was a coaching client we had that was in Big Bear. Is that Was that the community? I think that's right, yeah. <laughs> there, You're talking about the fires, I think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what, it was, there's two big communities, Big Bear and Arrowhead, right? Yeah. Maybe it was Arrowhead. Anyway, it was in California. Fires hit. Um, the whole community basically was uh, cut off from the rest of the California. They weren't letting people go up the mountain or down the mountain. They closed the roads. The fires were just doing what the fires were going to do. He stayed up on the mountain, and there were some other people that stayed there too. He didn't get out in time, so he just stayed. And where his the way his house was, he was um, he cleared long ago all the trees and whatnot from around his house. And by the way, his house is also fire resistant. You know, when you live in California, you know what I'm talking about. So what he did is he was able, and he still was able to communicate, so he went and started checking on, uh, starting with his neighbor's houses, and then he started checking on his centers of influence and past clients' houses. Didn't he send them pictures he that, did. that their houses were still okay because they exactly. weren't Exactly. He was sending them pictures, and if you'd watch the news, you'd thought basically the whole neighborhood had burned down, which in essence it was trying to, but he was able to take pictures of everything so people knew it was actually happening in their communities. After the storm clouds cleared, or in this case, the smoke went away, and people started returning, you don't think he had an almost unfair advantage in the marketplace? Of course he did. This is what we're talking about. Point number two, and we just did talk on this, and we can go relatively quick through that That's point. That's okay. So in order to be of service to everyone else, you have to do point number two, which is put your own oxygen mask on first. What is your plan to deal with disaster? A go bag with water, emergency plan for picking kids up at school, where you're going to board your pets if necessary, medication bag. Financially, if you don't already have a six-month reserve, set that as a goal immediately. Actually have a plan, because if you don't take care of yourself first, how can you help everyone else? So back to California, we knew we have known people who drive around in their cars, especially if they're in Southern California, 
um, with go bags in the back of their cars in the event that there is indeed some reason that they can't get back to their community because of the roads being closed because of fires. Now, what do you, I remember, uh, again, having billions of coaching clients in Southern California, we had coaching clients that would actually get together in their community and help people put go bags together. Yes. Right. So that became another way for them to make a contribution. The bag was, guess what? Branded with that individual agent's information and within the bag were the things. Now the agent didn't buy all these things. It was just a list of the things that were supposed to go in the bag. So they showed up, they learned about what's supposed to go in the bag. They were given a bag with the agent's information. Those bags are always going to be out. They're never going to be thrown out. You're talking about a good long-term branding thing. Well, mm-hmm. there you go. That's fantastic. You know, that's happening at, in our neighborhood in Puerto Rico right now for kids. They're assembling backpacks with a stuffy, a water bottle, you know, things like that. So you guys can do that as well. Point number uh, three, have a list of evacuation details. Share those with your past clients, your center of influence, your database. Ideally, you have a hard copy. You can drop that off because guess what? The internet and phones might go down. So again, a great door knocking leave behind. So for example, where do you go if there's a threat to your area? Hurricane shelters, fire paths, evacuation centers, area hospital phone numbers, local contact organization, the Red Cross. Sometimes you gather at a church. You know, I had some of our Florida clients were posting where the high ground was, had been organized by their community. So point number four, you can create a local Facebook page called We Survived Hurricane Ian or We Survived the Earthquake of San Juan Capistrano, whatever makes sense for your area. Know how to create a page quickly so people can access critical details and connect with your community and their families easily via their cell phones. You might also do that on WhatsApp. That I was might about be to say even, that. Uh, maybe not easier. even do it on right. Maybe not even do it on Facebook. Do it on yeah. WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, easier to access, and then you don't have to. And be everybody's re- carrying the phone. <laughs> Completely, and you don't have to have a Facebook account. That's true yep. too. All right. Point-, point number five: dedicate the days and weeks after disaster to urgent and caring outreach. That, of course, applies to your family, your past clients, your neighbors, anyone you can help. Be the one who cares and committed to doing what it takes. Phone calls are most efficient, but again, phones might be down. So load your car up with water and cookies or Subway sandwiches and make your rounds. Well, so this is a good place to interject. You are going to, like when Julie and I lived in Ohio, I remember there was many ice storms. And the ice storms would oftentimes take the electricity out. Ohio has a very stable grid. There's not a big power problem there, like in Puerto Rico, right? Um, and so you could pretty much rely on, you know, the services being offered through the state. But the reality of it was, is that there would be times when the electricity would go out and it would be out for a long damn period and always during the coldest times of the year. And then the local hotels would fill up. So really, if you're living in any of those communities, if any place, you know, you always want to have a plan B and the plan B could be a backup generator. Well, maybe your neighbors don't know that. Maybe you could, you know, help them create plans for that sort of thing. How about this? You're in a community where there's elderly people. Elderly people are going to need your help. Whether it's the winter, they're going to need help clearing their driveway. So maybe one of the things you could do is you could create, well, hell, you could grab a shovel and do it for them. There's an idea. I mean, Julie and I used to do that in our neighborhood, but you could all, and we actually had neighbors that had snowblowers that would do that all over the community. But another move would be is to have a list of trusted people, service providers, and have those people essentially the phone numbers and all that information at hand when it comes time to, you know, help people out during disasters. You have to be the calm in the storm. That's the big takeaway. You have to be the person that they're going to remember, help them when they needed the help the most. You will cast in stone in their minds forever for generations to follow as being the person that, that, that was there to help them 
you know, when nobody else was. Because most people, when there's disasters, when there's any kind of stress, what do they do? They don't know what the hell to do. They panic. Then they panic and they hide down underneath their staircase waiting for someone else to save their bacon. You be the bacon saver opposed to the person hiding out. Point number seven. Point number six. When you do your outreach, provide a list of recommended service providers. Again, a hard copy is best. This should include repair people like roofers, carpenters, insurance company, quick contact numbers, FEMA, Red Cross, emergency pet rescuers. If you can get discounts from your service people, see if they'll pass that along to your own past clients and neighbors. Help people out in their time of need. You're helping the service people as well as the people who use them. This is something I'm doing with our HOA guy in Puerto Rico. We're doing a complete list of all the guys that deliver diesel, all of the water people, you know. And you need to have more than one because you know all of them are going to be super busy. But it's really nice if you can get discounts or you can have guaranteed service or something like that. One of the things we did in Texas is we were talking with, though we moved before we actually got this together, is we were going to get together all the neighbors and we were all going to decide if there was ever any kind of disaster, who was going to be responsible for what? Well, we had some physicians. Obviously, they had been in charge of medical care. We had some people that had, you know, chainsaws and things like that. They would be in charge of cutting down trees and whatever, whatever. You guys get it? Everyone was going to contribute to the community itself, essentially, you know, dealing with what might be a temporary or a longer term, uh, you know, disaster recovery. You just don't know. You have to be prepared. But even if it never happens, this is not all about prepping. This is all about positioning yourself as a leader in the community. Point number seven, after things settle, do a second round of communication. Be sure everyone is now okay and continue to be of service as previously mentioned. This is a great opportunity for you to use Ford Femi Occupation Recreation Dreams script to uh, reconnect. And again, just think about Julie's previous points. There's going to be damage to people's houses. And I'll give you another interesting example. If there's a hailstorm that goes through your community, the hailstorm almost assuredly has ruined any roof that the hail happened to hit, whether it's the asbestos, whether it's metal. Did you know that 99.9% .9 of the time homeowners insurance will completely replace the roof on any roofs that were affected by hail? How much of a benefit would it be to your community if there's a hailstorm? Florida, there was just a hurricane. I promise you there was hail. If you were to actually start calling or going to the neighbors and letting them know all the different you know, potential roofers that they can call out to look at their roofs for the sake of getting the roofs replaced. That's just an example. Well, all right, this, this adjuster is going to be in the neighborhood. Who wants to be on the list for them to visit? You know, This is really, truly being of service. If you guys want to know how you can dominate a community, be a service, you know, be service minded and help them. So point number eight, our final point, always ask who else do you know who could use my help? Do this throughout the process. Don't worry about when do you plan on moving? Don't be tacky. They'll remember that you were there during a stressful time and referrals will come. This is important work to take seriously. If you're not helping, somebody else is, hopefully, but be the one that everyone knows they can count on. Talk about, you know, what happened with your, your uh, client in Big Bear in the mountains. You know, he became very dominant and really well known, partially as his work after that disaster occurred. That's right. And so at the end of the day, this is what we're talking about. You know, at, you will feel the most contentness, the most in, uh, really purposefulness in life when you are being of service, when you're helping other people. And when there's a disaster of any variety that strikes, what a better time for you to be of service to other people. And some of you are living in these communities. Julie and I, last summer, we took a few months off, two months off, and we drove all around the country. We went to 23 different states. We met a lot of you along the road, along the way on the road. 
And we went to communities that were definitely experiencing a lot of social unrest and strife of that nature. Well, there's ways for you to possibly contribute and help people out in those environments as well. So the bottom line is don't wait for somebody else to be the leader. You be the leader in the community. It starts with your mindset and the realization that, you know, frankly, people are definitely going to need you. If you're in Florida right now, um, and you're an agent and you're looking for what to do and you're kind of tired of watching CNN, my strongest of suggestions is take this list and start applying immediately. The easy button is going to be start calling all your friends and your family members and making sure they're okay and then start pushing out in your list. If you don't have a list, this is a great time to start a list by starting to call all your neighbors. If you can go outside and door knock and, and ask them if it's okay, get a list together, go knock on the doors, give them a list of service providers, be of service to other people. You know, again, you got to know what pharmacies are going to be open. You have to know um, where the people can go if they need trees cut down or if they have some sort of electrical problem. Water intrusion is going to ruin a lot of houses. It certainly happened in Puerto Rico. You can have things that last for problems that last for months, if not for years. So do a little bit of you're in the housing business, right? You're in the real estate business, not just the sales business. You're in the people housing business. So position yourself as the person that can solve their problems, especially during a disaster. You want to know how to have a superior brand or a superior reputation in a community. We just gave you some ideas. You earn it. You earn it by being of service to other people. So please apply these techniques. And frankly, some of you are going to come up with even a longer list. If you're involved in a church, a synagogue, or a mosque, obviously work within your church, synagogue, or mosque. And Julie gave you a list at the top of today's shows of the big national charities you can contribute to. But even if you're not in the position to contribute money, Go and contribute your time, your effort, and your knowledge by directly helping people. That's what crises are about. It's about helping other people. That will make you feel amazing. And guess what will happen as a result? Yes, you're going to then be called into action to help people with their real estate transactions and you'll make money. This is how you build a long-term sustainable actual reputation, not just some strong, some weak, fungible brand that, you know, frankly is predicated on a bunch of videos of you eating lunch. You guys get the point. I'm sort of making fun of all of it because really at the end of the day, that sort of thing is very fickle. But when you've actually helped people and you've built a reputation around, you know, being someone of service, that's not fickle. That's not fungible. That's something that's going to follow you for a lifetime. So please keep this in mind. And guys, thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to podcast. If you are in Florida, Please do you know your best to take after yourself primarily and then go out and help your community. Be of service to other people. It'll immediately make you feel, frankly, it'll make you feel more in tune with what your highest and truest purpose on this planet is, which is being of service to other people. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.